Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. Today, I have with me Claudette, Kathleen, Catherine, and I am Whitney. We are missing our sister, Sarah, today, and we're going to be talking about boundaries. Boundaries at work in particular, you know, boundaries in life are important. They protect you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically but they're often trampled on. And then we're mad at the ones who have walked all over us that we feel have taken advantage of us. But the truth of the matter is that people can only do what we allow them to do, whether that's at home or at work. And so getting people to honor your boundaries means you honoring your boundaries. And we're going to be talking today about how you do that. I'm going to start off by saying, one, you can do that gently, right? It doesn't have to be the setting boundaries. Honoring your boundaries doesn't mean that you're a bitch. It just means that you are honoring what's important to you. So you can do it gently, but you have to do it purposefully. And it starts with identifying your values and your priorities. You need to know your limits. And you've got to. Learn to say no and don't apologize for it. There is no need to apologize for you standing up for yourself, standing up for what's important in your life. But in order to do that, you've got to communicate clearly. So you need to know what's important. You've got to learn to say no. You've got to communicate this to other people. And then one of the things that I think is really, really important is creating structure in work, blocking out time and taking breaks. And, you know, I work with clients who are often feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, overworked. And I ask them about taking breaks, whether they take their lunches, whether they take breaks during the day, and they're often not doing that. Those are boundaries. You may not see it that way, but that's actually boundary setting for you, for others. It's about protecting your sanity, your health, your ability to do the things that you are at work to do. So, ladies, we've all worked for other people, and now we all work for ourselves. Boundaries were important before. I imagine that boundaries are really important now, right? When you are trying to accomplish things that are part of your mission and vision for life, what you're doing in the world, 
And so let's hear how you are establishing boundaries, how you are protecting them so that you can get done the things that you are here to do. Well, clear communication is one of the things that I think is worth discussing when we're talking about boundaries and setting boundaries for ourselves. Well, the structure is really important. I agree completely, Whitney, with all that you expressed with, you know, blocking out time, taking your lunches, letting people know that there is a certain amount of time that you're available and you're not. And at the same time, it's about communicating clearly. I um, have an experience that just popped into my head as you were talking, Whitney. And so I feel like I want to share it because it's hilarious in some ways. In other ways, it's quite embarrassing. When I was a legislator, I had created this, well, I had the opportunity to bring some cash home to my community. And I was, um, I had, it was a two seat district. So I had a seatmate district, uh, seatmate or district mate, I should say. And um, so on appropriations, I was able to go to him and say, listen, I've got this opportunity. I'd like to do this. We represented two towns, Morristown and Stowe. And he was from Stowe. I was from Morristown. I'm giving you this background because I think it's important. And then, so I said, would you like to co-sponsor? I'd like to put your name on it. I'll be the lead sponsor, but I'd like to put your name on the amendment. And he goes, yeah, that's nice. That would be great. Well, it was a big chunk of change for um, a infrastructure project And it goes through, everything's great. And literally on my way to the legislature, Thursday mornings, the store reporter comes out. And above the fold is the picture of my district mate saying, so-and-so brings the money home for Stowe. And with zero, so above the fold means that the newspaper is folded in half and the top, the front of the newspaper had his mugshot on it with him bringing home the money, bringing home the bacon. And I was furious. I was so angry. I read through the, you know, I pulled over, read through the article and there was nothing in the article about me. Didn't even mention my name. And I get to the state house. I take the newspaper and I'm like storming through the state house. And it's kind of like the sea parting ways, you know, as I'm walking in. This was prior to my awareness journey, let's just say. <laughs> and the seas parted way. And I'm just storming up the up the walkway, up the hallway. And I see him talking with a group of people. I take the newspaper. And I walk over, I storm over, I don't walk over, and I start hitting him with the newspaper (laughs) saying, what the F is this? Like, I can't effing believe, like, I went off in front of everybody. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I went off. I was so upset. I went to the speaker afterwards. I took the head with the newspaper. I I, I was. I was like, what the F? I'm like, I wish you guys could see me right now because I literally took the newspaper and started hitting him with it. And the people he was speaking to, they were like, whoa, (laughs) I think we're going to back away now and get the hell out. And so I went to the speaker afterwards and he was at the podium and I just blew up at the speaker too. And he goes in my office now, because I was using vulgar language on the house floor at the speaker's podium, you know, and he goes, you don't speak like that on the house floor. And so we had a conversation, but the, the fact is I wasn't clear with the communication like that. I was mad at him, but really I was mad at myself. 
because I was not clear on the communication to specifically say, listen, I'm going to put you on here, but if the reporters ask, you better be telling them that I'm the one that created this and gave you the opportunity to co-sign. This wouldn't be happening had it not been for me. And so it's really about being very clear. Now, that's an extreme example, but that's the example that popped up into my head because we can react very quickly based on our lack of communicating. And so it's really important, whether you're a leader or you're an employee or you're an employee that's a leader, like all of the above, it's really important to have clear communication on what your expectations are. It goes back to what you said, Whitney, about values and priorities. What are your values? What are your expectations? And be clear about those values and expectations. There is probably in all of that that you said that I said nothing more important than than communicating clearly, right? Because you can have all the structure and priorities and, and values that you want, but if no one knows what they are... <laughs> Including you. (laughs) If no one knows what they are, then you are in your head, you know, upset with people about something that they don't know anything about. That's what's so powerful about this is the learning, Kathleen, right? Like the learning in it. And I want to acknowledge you for rather than continuing to like blame him, looking at how do I build this? boundary next time, right? One of the things that I wrote down as Whitney was speaking, and it's it's to your point, is agreement formation in any relationship. And again, that is clear communication that we're talking about. And I find agreement formation super, super valuable. It could be, it's valuable in every relationship. I'm much better at it in business than personal, but agreement formation certainly in business has really shifted things for me in working with my team in clarifying up front who's doing what, like what it looks like getting agreement because this is one of the building blocks, agreement formation of alignment in your team. And in order to do anything successful, in my opinion, number one, my favorite A word, alignment. And just like when we got this whole podcast kicked off, right? We all have our roles, who's doing what, agreement. You know, sometimes we were out of alignment. We talked about it. We got back into alignment. Part of alignment is always having to realign, right? And that all starts with agreement formation because you can always go back to that and say, hey, we agreed on this, this, and this right? Oftentimes there's a a confront involved, like with love, right? Confront isn't this God awful word. Like I used to think it was some, I like to even use the word care front now, but Hey, you said you were going to do X, Y, and Z by X, Y, Z date. We're here. Has it happened? Help me understand, right? You always go back to that agreement formation. What I have found, it makes it much smoother to come back into alignment when you're dealing with other people, especially in business. That's absolutely a good point. And alignment is crucial, right? Is making sure that it it involves the communication, but it's making sure 
everyone is on the same page, right? So you can, you can have your priorities and your boundaries and not communicate them. You can communicate them and people still be where they need to be, right? So there's this progression that's helping you get where you want to go. And so it's ultra important that everyone understands what their role is, what their part is, so that even if you're communicating clearly that the expectations are in alignment. And, and I love that you brought that up. And it up. brings out the boundaries, right? The Absolutely. And the agreement formation, all, I mean, and it gets people communicating about, well, I might need a little bit more training here or, oh yeah, I got this. This, you know, that'll take me, you know, 10 minutes. So you also get to gauge where people are at, right? And, and where maybe you can even bring, add in a lot of value, and talk about, you know, I mean, boundaries really, you know, is like part of it is who is doing what, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's interesting, Catherine, because I think really about clear communication and all of what's been, been talked about is people receive what you're saying in the way that they have experienced. So mm-hmm. oftentimes the challenge that we have experienced with communicating with other people is because they're not hearing what you're trying to get across or you're not hearing what they're trying to get across based on your experience or their experience. So two questions that often come through, whether I'm coaching or in, in personal relationships, you will often hear me say, so what I heard you say is blah, 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 blah. And If that's right, great. If not, please communicate differently to me because I'm not understanding. And the second thing is, what did you hear me say? The Like I always ask, what did you hear me say? So I'm clear that you understand what my goals are and that you're in alignment with it. So so just really good things to talk about. Technically, it's about creating relationships that are honoring with of each person with where they are. And it avoids the conflict that can be uh, can arise based on miscommunication. That's so good. I love this. You know, I'm sitting here listening to the podcast as it's being created. I'm like, this is good. This is good. Um, Taking a ton of notes for myself. (laughs) So, you know, I think we're talking about communication and really because when a boundary has been crossed, it is literally on us and not the other person. And we think it's on the other person. And so I've got a couple points. Nobody owes you a damn thing. So we just need to understand, ain't nobody in the damn world that owes you anything. Your parents owed you enough to grow your ass up so that you could be an adult and start adulting. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody's here to treat you in any special way. However, The whole world will treat you according to your self-perception. So the whole world is going to respond to you according to how you perceive yourself. You walk into a room because you believe that you can handle something. That means you walk in with confidence. The world will respond to that. You walk into the room with doubt in your ability. The world will respond to that. So stop blaming everybody else for how you're being treated. Take ownership of this. And, you know, it's a hard message, but it's a necessary one. Secondly, drop all your preconceived ideas about what's going to happen or what you expect. And just 
literally let that unfold in the conversation. Let the expectation be agreed upon by everyone. So, you know, Whitney was like, you don't have to be a bitch. No, there's never a time to be a bitch. Third, get out of self-defense mode and step into understanding mode. The whole world is not against your ass. Stop acting like it is. I'm serious. And, you know, if you think about it, everybody's so ready to defend themselves and jump on that bandwagon and get into that. Oh, my God, they're trying. When literally, if you seek understanding first, you'll probably understand that most of this stuff isn't even about you at all. And in the person's just reacting based on what their beliefs are. And so then you can go into that, you know, it's always good to have that really solid communication up front. You only have a boundary crossed when you haven't expressed what your needs are and how you desire to show up. So you can say, what do you need from me that you haven't asked for? And you can finish that sentence with, I will let you know if I can provide it. Like you're not committing immediately to anything. You can even, if you're in a work environment where your boundaries have been pushed and you feel like you're being used and all this stuff, take a pause, go to everybody and go, you know what? I'm working on communicating, like set everyone up to win in your presence. I'm working on communicating Um, you know, with everyone in a better way where I can show up to the best of my ability, supporting the team, supporting the business. And if there's something that just is like grating nails on a chalkboard that you ask me to do, I will let you know that I do not wish to do that. That's outside of my spectrum of what I wish to do. Doesn't mean you won't be asked to do it. Like, you know, I would say if you're a small business, there's stuff I don't want to do for myself. So sometimes you have to do it, but just say, hey, I'll do this if I'm being paid to do it. However, this is not the desire of my heart. Like it's not, I can't, you know, I'm working on coming to the table in the best form. Just communicate. And then let me think about, this is a great answer. Claudette, can you da, 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 let me think about it. I will let you know what I can do. And then accountability. If you agree to do some, do it. And everybody else. And so, and always get it in writing. Get it in writing. Get it in an email. Get it somewhere. Get everyone to agree and say, here's the steps of what needs to happen. Who, you know, a sign or who wishes, depending on who's leading, right? But see if you're, if you have a team, see what the team enjoys doing. Match people. If you're just in a group environment, I remember being in, a work environment on a project that was huge. It was like an automated underwriting system that now plays out for everybody because I worked at GE Financial and we were doing brainstorming on an automated underwriting system that now is in play and has been updated hundreds of times. And we all looked at each other and said, what do we want to bring to the table? That was the best question that could have been asked And, you know, I brought expertise on risk analysis, you know, someone else brought, we all joined together and then started having brainstorming sessions. And the last thing I want to say is create an environment where failure is not a problem. It is only a problem if you don't tweak and grow from it. But it's safe to go, I screwed up. Like, I celebrate people on my team if they go, I've screwed up. And I go, okay, let's talk about what that was. 
and where you can grow and where you can learn. We have to change the idea that we're supposed to hide failure and keep it from everybody. We have to change that because that goes into healthy boundaries too. Because, you know, boundaries are crossed left and right when someone's trying to hide a failure and then the team is trying to catch up with it and everybody's trying to figure out what's happening. And then someone gets mad and explodes. Not that that's happened to me. Sound familiar, right? So, so it's like, let's just get failure out of the way and go failure is actually a good thing because it's a stepping stone to growth. It's only a bad thing when we keep repeating something and we know it's going to fail. That's when failure becomes an undesirable thing. So create those boundaries, but do it based on drop your expectations Instead of being defensive, just be un- create, go, I don't understand what you're saying. I wish to understand what you're saying. So please share deeper with me because I care about you. There is nothing wrong with saying that in a work environment. I care about you. I care about what you're saying. And please explain it to me further. I want to think about it. I really want to take all this in because you matter. What's wrong with treating your brothers and sisters like that? Okay. I'm off the podium. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You you have so many good nuggets in there, Claudette. I'm just going to pick two. And one was the dropping the preconceived ideas. And, you know, this is something that strikes me that happens a lot. People are so much focused on what they think the responses are going to be, right? And the fear of confrontation often will preclude the conversations, the communication that needs to happen because there is this fear that if I, you know, assert myself, if I stand up for myself, if I'm asking others what they need, they're going to, they're going to infringe on me. And so I don't want to go there. And so such a good point about dropping those preconceived ideas. It's not necessary. One, unless you're a mind reader, you don't know what people are going to say and how they're going to respond. Right. And even then, maybe they surprise you and it it changes. So you've got to be really careful about that. And then the other thing that really jumped out at me was being an example and expecting other people to honor your boundaries when you're not honoring theirs, right? So you've got to set the example of how it's done. It's a two-way street. All of this is about respecting, you, you know, like you said, honoring, respecting, and caring for your brothers and sisters at work, your coworkers, your colleagues, and, and or your employees even, right? It's, it's about having a healthy respect of relationship that goes both ways and to expect something of people that you're not willing to give back is a recipe for disaster. That's so true, Whitney. Sorry, go ahead, Kathleen. Uh, It's so true. And Claudette, so, I mean, there's so many nuggets to this whole thing. I've been writing notes like crazy too. So, so awesome that we're doing this podcast. I love it. One of the things that came to me as, as we were all talking was just because you said you would do something doesn't mean you have to stick with it. It's really important that if you find that you can't complete something that you agreed to, to communicate 
that it's no longer going to work for you? And how can you work together to make it as smooth of a transition as possible? Now, sometimes we agree to things that we have to do and you have to get it done. But a lot of times we agree to things in the moment. And then afterwards, we're like, oh, my God, what the hell did I just say I would do? And the higher self of you, I was like, that is absolutely not. You can't do that. So as soon as possible, this is another thing that I learned as a legislator. You know, you may have agreed to something. You may have said, yes, I'll support something. And then you have additional information come in, whether it's additional information that you have another project that you're directly responsible for or something else came in that you didn't know. Communicate it as quickly as possible and have develop a solution with the people that you are no longer agreeing to to follow through with the agreement that you had originally. So really important. I, I really think this just comes back to the, to self care values. You don't want to let people down, and yet life changes, things happen, and so you get to decide what's on your best and highest. And when it's in your best and highest, it's also for others' best and highest. I think the thing that was really important, what you said there is that you've got to find a mutual solution for that, right? Because you have, other people are now depending on you to do your part. And so I agree that if something has changed and you need to, you can't follow through that you have to look out for yourself, but you do have, and I'm not real big on like lots of obligations, but you do have an obligation when you've made a commitment to someone and they are depending on you. Um, You do have an obligation to help find a solution for that. And walking away is not an option. Just walking away and turning your back is not an option. Um, and a lot of times it's not a it's not a contractual issue where it raises to a legal level, but it speaks to your reputation and whether or not you are someone that people can depend on and that they want to work with in the future. And so well, I wouldn't say that should stress you <laughs> to the point that you don't ever make commitments in the future. You you need to be really careful about where you choose to put your time and energies and efforts and what you choose to commit to because it is a reflection on you. And so the, uh, recognizing the other person's boundaries are, are wrapped up in this as well. You know what? I I want to add just very quickly, intuition. If somebody's asking you to do something and it does not feel right at your core, there's two reasons for it. One, you may have a belief that you can't do it and you actually can. So you might be limiting yourself. Secondly, you may not supposed to be doing it. I mean, I can't, I'm talking like not even proper grammar. <laughs> you may I'm not. Like, that, I know what you were saying. You well, may not need English. What? <laughs> I went so fast, my brain. Hey, I not want to do it. <laughs> so maybe your intuition telling you that this is not for you, or it's your it's your knowing going. I have a belief. So pause before you commit. Pause 
and ask if I'm supposed to do this, let the truth rise in me and let the knowing come to me. If I'm not, close the door. Like many times we'll commit to something We'll say, this is the boundary thing. We'll say, oh yeah, I can do it. And then you're like regretting it and thinking about it and it's draining your energy and it's not, that could be either based on a belief or you're just simply not supposed to do it. It's one of the two. If it's a belief, seek the truth. And then you can do it with, you know, stars going over your eyes. (laughs) Like, like you can do it. If you're not supposed to do it, literally the universe is, is like this puzzle, Everybody is a beautiful piece in the puzzle. Everybody's growing. The, um, you know, God seeks for all of us to expand. You could be interfering with someone else's expansion for something they are supposed to do. So follow the guidance. That's it. And you've got to learn to, to say no. I am, you know, a lot of times the reason that people don't slow down to do what you just said, Claudette, is because they don't. They don't want to be seen as bitchy. They want people to like them. They want to be seen as a team player. And all of that is fine, I guess. I'm not a big fan of behaving that way. But if that's who you are at your core, you have got to be willing to say no. And so that's a skill. That if it is not part of who you are, if you're a people pleaser or, you know, are afraid of the confrontation or whatever it is, you've got to learn to say no. And again, don't apologize for that. So it's better for you to say no on the front end than to have to renege on a commitment that you've made on the back end or try to get out of something and change the contractual nature of what you've agreed to do with other people. That's why I love Claudette's question. Let me think about it. Okay. Or um, I'll let you know if I can provide this. Let me think about this. It's so powerful. I am a person boundaries for me. One of the, what you just said, Whitney, so powerful learning to say no. I was such a yes person. I hated the word no and learning to say no or learning to say, let me think about it. Let me think about it has allowed me to be more comfortable with, because I want to say yes. I want to, it's just something in me. It is the pleaser in me. Saying yes has created so much incredible opportunity in my life saying yes to this podcast when I thought I got too much right now, right? Listen, we are all on a default no. All of us, we are on a default no, right? So we're naturally, like my brain will will think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to fit this in? And it just has this magical way of doing it. And there's also things to say no to that do not serve me because being stretched too thin does not serve me at all. And so I'm always working with that energy. Um, it's, it's the holiday season. There's things that I've said no to. There's things that I'm not invited to anymore because I've said, keep saying, no, thank you. Thank you. I am grateful, but I just don't want to be, there's just too much. And, and so I want to connect with the people I want to connect with and, 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 and there's just not room for some, some others, right. Or some other events and things. And so learning to say no 
If you're like me, where you're like, what does boundary even mean? That was me just a couple of years ago, right? Just the mere, you're, you're probably part of your, you know, they, they're in the coaching world, saboteurs is a pleaser, which also has beautiful gifts as well. But part of that, just learning to say no, when your guidance, your inner guidance is saying, I don't know if I quite, if that quite feels right or whatever, just listen and know it's okay to say no. It's powerful to say no. And that is a boundary. Absolutely. So we're going to wrap this up. I want to give each of you an opportunity for a final word, something to leave the audience with. Just remember that no one owes you anything. Drop all preconceived ideas and expectations and just create this space for an open conversation about what everybody needs, right? And then come to an agreement about who's going to handle what. And if you do commit to it and you can't fulfill it because Kathleen, you know, had brought up that really good idea, then you need to come to the table and go, I can't fulfill this and here's why. Or is there another solution? Or you fulfill it this time and know that you don't need to continue to commit to it, right? Like there's something about accountability. And and I think it's very important to not leave people hanging. But at the same time, you're learning and discovering what works for you and your soul. And, you know, just don't, if, if you commit to something and it's like, you can't stand it. It's draining your energy. Start to find out what you believe that allows that. And then don't commit to it again the next time around, you know, or step out with grace, but do it where you're not leaving the ball on the ground. It's got to stay in play, right? So. Agreed with all of that. And I think it's important for people to really take into consideration where they are mentally and psychologically and emotionally and spiritually, they have to take all of that into account as they move forward and as they grow. And so with that, there's the last thing that I have to, to add today is knowing versus fear. If you agree to something at work because you're, you're scared, really step into your journey, figure out what that's about and uh, start to shift how you respond in the future because your body has a knowing your soul has a knowing. And when you operate out of fear, you're limiting your capacity and others as well. Ooh, that is so good. I would say um, around boundaries, we chatted about this a little while ago on here, you know, know what you stand for in the world, you know, know what your values, your beliefs, your, you know, what do you want those relationships to look like? What do you want that? I mean, journaling about this. Some of us just don't even know. And I was this person like, what do I stand for in the world? What is important to me? You know, and then from there, it's a beautiful place to start to build boundaries, learn. Okay. Just looking at alone, like, as I mentioned earlier, like, what should I start saying no to out of this part of what I'm standing for in the world? Right. I mean, it's just a great little building block exercise to start to sort of know thyself and what's important, what's working and what's not. You guys are brilliant. Always brilliant. Bring it, bring in the fire, bring in it. And I just want to reiterate that the importance of communicating clearly 
I love the questions that you all have uh, brought up and I want to leave it here with it. Just ask these questions. I think it was uh, Kathleen that says, did I hear you clearly? And then what did I hear you say? Right. So that you are, are asking the person what they heard you say so that you can make sure that you are on the same page. Claudette's questions, what do you need from me, right? And then taking the time to determine whether or not you can provide that. You you have the option of doing that. You don't have to do everything that people want from you. But if you're going to make commitments, honor them. And if you find that you cannot honor them, then find a graceful way out of it by another mutual agreement, solving the, the finding a solution that makes it possible for the person that you've committed to to get what they need. And then Catherine's question, what do I stand for? Right. Being really clear about what it is you're doing, your values, your priorities and, and knowing what you stand for. So. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you got something out of this conversation about boundaries, something that will uh, help you in your workspace, whether you are an employee, a leader in in your employment situation, or uh, a business owner yourself. And if you have, uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, share what you've gotten from this conversation in the Facebook group or send us an email. So again, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Beyond Your Best Plan. Have a great rest of your day. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.